What's up everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 182 of the VK Bros with me, Jason Von Cannell, and my brother and co-host, Alex Von Cannell. How are you this evening? I'm hot. It's freaking hot in this it, room and it's, well, it's got to be 8.30 hot. at night. Well, it's 8.30 and... at night on Australia Day. So, happy Australia Day or Invasion Australia Day, Day to uh, all of our listeners. Whichever, you're either celebrating or commiserating today, so whichever camp you're in, I hope you're having a great day regardless. Can I put a quick note? Were we going to talk about that? Or can I put a quick note on it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The quick note is like, uh, obviously a very touchy subject. The date's the issue, right? The date seems to be the issue. I think everyone agrees that there there should be a day that everyone celebrates. Mm -hmm. The date seems to be an issue. I personally have an issue with it because to me, the date, and I've said it on the show before, but for those of you listeners, welcome. Uh, Like and subscribe. Uh, the issue with the date is to me it's more of a celebration day for the British getting rid of shitheads by the arrival of the First Fleet which is what happened on the 26th of January so I heard a great solution mm. which is don't make it a date make it we, we can all agree we love a day off right? yeah That's so, so even all these protesters instead of staying at work and protesting that way they're out protesting on the streets with the, using their, their day off, why not make it the last Friday of every February? The last Friday of every February? Is why, Australia Day. Why would you do it that way? So uh, we like the day around that time, mm-hmm. right? We like, you know, it, it, so it's, it's, uh, it's not bunched in with a whole bunch of other holidays. Yep. And it's not a date, Right, it's a movable object, so we can't argue about the date anymore. Yeah, okay, I see. I see the purpose for that. Um, couple things on this, and I'm going to be perfectly upfront and say I actually don't even know what the correct answer is. Uh, I think one of the biggest problems with Australia Day is the amount of confusion about what actually happened on the 26th of January. Mm. And so a friend of mine posted this up, and it says, "Happy Australia Day! Today's not the day Captain Cook arrived. That was the 29th of April." Nor was it the day when the first fleet landed. That was the 18th of January. Australia Day... What's that? I got that wrong. I thought that was the yep. first fleet landing. Yep. So, and this is... I think that's, that's common, right? Australia Day does not celebrate the arrival of the first fleet or the invasion of anything. On the 26th of January, 1949, Australian nationality came into existence when the Nationality and Citizenship Act of 1948 was enacted. That was the day we were first called Australians and allowed to travel with passports as Australians and not British subjects. When I when I Google it, uh, oh no, some believe. Okay. Wow. Okay. So I fully had that wrong, and, yeah, I was, and I've been correcting people saying like because everyone says it's Captain Cool. Yeah. Now, so, now yeah. also to be fair too, I didn't fact check that myself. I think it's a pretty difficult thing to fact check because of the amount of people who I just believe are just straight up confused as to what the twenty sixth of January actually stipulates. But if that is correct, then it's literally just the day where we literally became no longer British subjects but actual able to call ourselves Australian citizens. I think it is the correct day to celebrate Australia Day. I'm just having a look. I'm just seeing if I can find something. Uh, 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 uh. The historian cat. Okay. Look, while, while you... Yeah, now it's not going to tell me. Yeah, okay. And 
while you, if you want to look into it, that's, that's perfectly fine. And for any of our viewers, if you disagree, obviously do your research, shoot it into us in the comments below and let us Isn't know. Isn't that crazy we don't know? Well, and that's the thing. We, we just straight up don't know. And what's... Like my, so my thoughts on Australia Day. Number one, I think it's absolutely ludicrous that in a country such as ours, where we literally celebrate every sort of ethnic holiday, uh, we, we, we are so anti-celebrating our national day. I think that that's just wrong. It, you know, we need to celebrate. That, like this country, I actually want to start the show by not talking about all the negative stuff, but literally saying, hey, it's Australia Day. This is one of the greatest countries on the planet. You know, what are the things that you love about this country? Like, I love the multiculturalism. I love the, you know, the climate, the beaches, the nature. I love the fact that we are one of those lucky countries which we are so big that you do get to have just space around you. You're not, not like in one of those, you know, you're not like in Japan where you've got 70 million people crammed into a space as small as like one Australian state. Uh, so Wikipedia says, Wikipedia's, and I know, Wikipedia's not, uh, marks the 1788 landing of the first fleet and the raising of the Union flag of Great Britain by Philip, uh, Arthur Philip at Sydney Cove. But yeah, see, I don't trust Wikipedia though, because Wikipedia is, is just an activist group now. Yeah, well, I read SBS and that didn't, it actually, it, it said the thing that you said about the uh, first fleet being 18th to the 20th of January. Yeah, um, that's crazy. So, so this and, is a, yeah, yeah. So, so no wonder why there's so many arguments in this country about the day. Yeah, because we yeah. don't even know what it is. We don't even know. Everyone's just decided based on a story that they have heard of what this actual day is. But, but here's the other thing that I want to say, and I've got I've got two other points on this. Um, a year ago we spoke about Australia Day on the Australia Day show, and I agreed with you in regard to changing the date purely based on the fact that if everyone's got a problem with it not everyone but if a, if a large enough group of people in the country have a problem with it then why would you not get together as a nation and go look let's let's make everyone as happy as we possibly can and i was open to may 8 for mate the yep. australia day right but the last 12 months have probably taught me that bowing to the whims of a few people who get upset about something that really had nothing to do with them and has nothing to do with anyone who's here now I don't ever think that that's going to fix it and like I think back to like you know Kevin Rudd saying sorry in parliament that was supposed to be the fix to a lot of these issues that we've had between indigenous Australians and non-indigenous Australians and it hasn't fixed it like sorry day was in what 2008 I think like it's 16 years later now and this Australia Day is probably just as uh, uh, emotional in a negative way as any Australia Day that I can remember in recent memory. Well, I, I think it's a little bit worse. Today, I saw not one thing out there representing Australia Day. Yeah. And Tash, the only thing Tasha saw, the only people she saw celebrating was a bunch of Asians in a park having right. a great time. Yeah, people who have moved here because it's the amazing country it is and are happy to celebrate the beautiful nation that they live in. And I think that's the saddest thing. Like, And you're seeing this, this is a, a, a bit of a, a poison which has permeated through a lot of Western cultures. You've got so many people in the West who 
should consider themselves extremely fortunate to live in countries as beautiful and privileged as ours. And all they want to do is talk about how people who just happen to live here for like no, literally no rhyme or reason, like why we are guilty of some crimes that apparently happened 200 years ago and or 50 years ago or whatever the time frame may be. And they want to pretend that this doesn't happen in other countries. If you go back long enough in the history of any nation, you will find that humans murdered other humans for that land. Yeah, it's funny. I've actually have been having had that thought a lot, and especially around the Russia-Ukraine thing. Yep. Like, oh, you can't just attack a sovereign country. I'm like, how do they become countries? That's right. You know who? Uh, and there's that Norm Macdonald joke that's like, you know, the amazing thing about wars is the good guys always won. Yeah, yeah. It's just you lucky know? that way. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and it did make me think, you know, because like people talk about how how persecuted the Jewish people have been, and look, they've been in the shit ever since three thousand, four thousand BC. Yeah, but they also kicked people off land, the Canaanites. Yeah, and five thousand years ago, every, you know? everyone does it, right? Yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. does it and has done it, and this is the thing: like, who who killed Aboriginal people before the British arrived? other aboriginal people yeah like they used to war with each other all the time over over whether it's territory resources just coming across each other um the whole ceremony of like the welcome to country ceremonies do you know what they're actually about no a welcome to country ceremony traditionally was about one aboriginal mob welcoming another aboriginal mob on their lands and offering them safe passage through their lands without basically war right that was the point so why would you need welcome to country if all the aboriginal mobs just lived together in harmony and no one killed each other until the british arrived well it's because they didn't like Mm -hmm. this is a fantasy world that a lot of people are living in where they think that australia just happens to be the worst country ever for uh a a race of people murdering another race of people that is a story that has happened since the beginning of time and the beginning of human creation and hasn't stopped and will never stop yeah it just won't and i think that's the uncomfortable part of the conversation is that we think we're really good and you know my inner libertarian sort of kicks in here where where if we lived a completely libertarian lifestyle there'd probably be far less wars um, because you Possibly. can't right, get organised government to uh, to attack unless you really needed to, you know, yeah. and it'd be argued that the last... There's a lot of wars that we didn't need to do. Yeah, absolutely. But, but then but the... Let me finish the point. Sorry, that, yeah, go ahead. Um, it's an uncomfortable thing to say, yeah, there was these bad things that happened, but it's uncomfortable to say that they're still happening and that they're always going to happen. Yeah. It's almost ingrained to our DNA. Yeah. So then there's an argument that becomes, you, hey, you, you could, if you thought like that, you could easily say, well, that, that it's right for uh, indigenous Australians to fight back. Absolutely. That, yes. That's, that's right. That's, that's again, the logical conclusion to these conversations. And that's why, like, it's funny because I'll be upfront with the listeners. I didn't plan too much for this week's show, not because I don't care, but because 
all I saw spoken about on Twitter all week was stage three tax cuts and Australia Day. That's it. It's literally the only two subjects which every single person wanted to speak about on, on Twitter all week. I'm not saying that I get every, every news item from Twitter, but to be frank, the majority of the things that are going on at the moment, we've covered as ad nauseum and nothing really super relevant has come up recently. So uh, I just kind of want to speak about this whole Australia Day thing today as, as the main guts of the show. Um, but like the, the virtue signaling, which again, you just see it from more often than not on the left, but the only reason why I'm saying that at this stage in our culture is because the leftists are controlling agendas so they are able to virtue signal because that's been the popular thing virtue signaling from the left has been popular to do for the last five years whereas if you went back prior to that virtue signaling from the right was popular to do for a long time before that right so neither side is 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 the correct party in, in any of this stuff but it is just the same... It's literally just a rerun of... I've only been on Twitter for two years and I'm, I'm seeing the exact same posts from the exact same people that are uh, calling it an invasion day and a day of mourning and etc, etc, etc. And then my answer to all of these people is, cool, uh, have you handed your land back yet? Like, have you given your house back to the Aboriginal people that lived in your area yet? No? Then shut the fuck up. Well, it goes back to what we said last week, where when you can tell, you can tell when an idea is not their own if they can't justify it. Mm. So if, yeah. if and if you said, okay, well, what is the solution? What what are you what are you proposing? That's right, and that's where it gets hairy because at the end of the day, if it's all about the the colonizers being the bad people, so you have to remove the colonizers, then essentially what they're they're asking for is that every non-Indigenous Australian gets removed from the country. Now, that's never going to happen. But I want to zoom out a step yep. and go, and you, I think you'll agree with this, we're just falling right into the trap. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is by design. 100%. This is a destabilising uh, narrative that yep. is being fed to us and it is working to divide us. The yep. fact that there's no pride in our own country mm. on our day is showing that they're winning. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's probably the whole point. And that's why I wanted to start the show by talking about all the things I love about this country. Because we are so lucky to live here. We, are, we do have so much, like, privilege. Uh, you just look around the world. If you were in Russia or Ukraine... We would be having very different conversations right now. Yeah, Israel and front line. Yeah, exactly. Israel and Gaza. I just saw there was a, a news article um, that I well, sorry, a short clip I saw this week of there's some ex-head general from the UK army who's talking about how if uh, if England has to go to war with Russia, their army's not big enough, so they may need to start talking conscription of young people. Okay. Right? So, like, that's where the UK is at at this point in time. So we... At the well, very- I, I'll give you some more examples. Yep. I spoke to someone last year. Um, I connected. I spoke about it on this show. A Nigerian. Young Nigerian guy. Yep. And the, his only... Like... Just... 
banned. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, can you just repeat cash. that? You, you just right. froze for and, a second, so just repeat that. Um, his government just banned, outright banned, the use of cash, right? Because they're worried that the um, the opposition government was going to get enough support to uh, through donations. Yep. to run against the government. Interesting. Right? Um, I mean, th th there's constant war in Africa that no one talks about. I was listening to a podcast this week uh, on trigonometry where they were interviewing this lady who is Sudanese, and I think she's like quite a successful businesswoman from Sudan. And the question that they're essentially asking was it's, it's very similar to the conversations we're having at the moment is is like Africa poor because of colonisation and she said no Africa isn't poor because of colonisation Africa is poor because of overregulation. and she gave an example so with companies in her country if you want to hire someone you have to organise meetings between you that person and a member of the government and a mem the member of the government has to actually approve on every mm. single person that your company hires. Yeah. Now it gets worse. They get hired on a two-year contract. At the end of that two-year contract, uh, if you want to keep that person on in your business, that contract becomes permanent, meaning lifetime for you and the employee. That's crazy. It, right? So it's stuff like that. So And she was saying that just to hire someone... There, it, there's some somewhere around between three and five different touch points with a government official that need to happen before you can even hire even hire someone. And she goes, that is where the opportunity is for all of the government corruption that happens, because that person who understands that your livelihood rests on the decision that they're about to make, they can literally say to you, "Hi, I can tick this off today, or I can tick this off in three weeks' time." You know, which which way do you want to go? So Liz... hey, that's what Javier Millet was talking about. For, yeah, you know, and Argentina is a great example. You've had you've had 10, 15, 20 years of horrible governance leading to rampant inflation. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, I want to go to the good things too. Okay. So hmm. Australia is extremely safe. Yep. Extremely rich. Here was an example I was only thinking about today. You can tell that your civilization is going pretty good when the number one killer is eating too much. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's countries out there that don't have that, that pleasure. Now, it sucks, right? But I saw the number today. 30% of the world's population will die before the age of 30 due to food instability. 30%. Yeah, right. Okay. And, then, and our biggest killer in Australia is heart disease. Yeah, it's eating and too heart much. Heart disease is, is often aligned with poor diet, right? Yeah. And obesity. So th that's an example where the opulence of our civilization is so grand uh, that we die from too much awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, you know, the fact that we've got the beaches, the fact that we've got the natural resources, the fact that we've got... Like, I had... How's this? I had these... I was talking to these German people. It was something that they noticed. And I actually do appreciate it, and I've talked about it here before. Mm -hmm. They don't have the sounds of birds. They don't have the, the array yeah, of wildlife right. that we do. Like I, I, I had these like um, kookaburras, and you know, you know, they, you know, when they start, and it had, and until they get to the big laugh, yep. And this one was starting for ages, and it sounded like it was, it was like a car trying to yeah. start, <laughs> yeah, right. And, and and we have all these different birds and um, 
beautiful trees and forests and all that sort of stuff. We have, you know, the fact that, like, I live in Brisbane City. It's a big city. Yep. With, that's green everywhere. Yeah. Right? When you look through the, like, through, uh, you know, over my balcony off into the city, it's just, it, there's trees. It's, it's more green than it is building. Yeah, yeah. Right? And then we talked about the air quality meters. They're always really good. Yeah. It's a good thing. So, um, we have, we do have... Um, some pretty good systems in place. We have some, you know, some robust, not perfect, but we have some good public services. Yep. Um, you know, yeah. I put it this way: it should be. Uh, this year's an anomaly, right? But I would have said up until, up until uh, uh, COVID, I would say mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to get to lose in this system. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. I think yeah, right. you're right. COVID changed a lot. And yeah. one of the interesting points about that COVID period is it's not... The best part about it is it's it's completely bipartisan because Liberal and Labor have made decisions to stuff this up. So from a from a like a polit- a political front, you're not picking a side. You're literally saying prior to that entire bad mm. period, it was a really easy country to thrive in. I'm going to give uh, Labor some credit. So they get bashed over cancelling these tax... The stage three tax cuts, yeah. Yeah. But they campaigned at a different time. So it, it, they're doing the right thing. Fiscally, they're doing the right thing. Is it against what they said? Totally. But if if the recipe... if, if See, if they implemented that tax cut, it's just super inflationary, right? So mm. they're addressing the problem and they're doing what actually needs to be done yeah, even though it's against their promises. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that and I'm, I'm going to be frank. We don't earn enough money to benefit from the stage three tax cuts. So as far as trying to make a decision on this, I'm not just trying to say this because it's in my, my uh, best interest, but... I don't think the stage three tax cuts is enough money to offset all of the poor inflationary choices this Labor government has made since coming to power. I.e., I saw the most updated number the other day that in the last 12 months we had 767,000 migrants move to the country. Yeah, that policy, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. So sure, I think the wrong. stage three tax cuts are going to cost the government like $21 billion a year roughly, in revenue, our national debt's $1 trillion. That's $1,000 billion. So $21 billion versus $1,000 billion is a drop in the bucket. But when you compare, like if you're talking about it from an inflationary perspective, I I don't really cop that letting people hang on to more of their own money is inflationary. And I know that... No, but it is. I know that it means because they can spend it in the economy and all those sorts of things. I get that. But guess what? A lot of these people on those sorts of incomes may not spend it in the economy. They may invest it. They may save it. Like, it's only inflationary if the money is going to be pumped straight back into the economy. So I think, put it this way, if if I believe the government was really trying to do things to curb inflation, I think they would be making decisions such as stopping the rampant immigration that we've got at the moment or uh, Malcolm Roberts used the term having net zero immigration policy for the next 10 years so you can have migrants move here as long as there's equal amounts of people leaving the country at the same time do you know that's a that's a funny thing that they've never told us why 
they're bringing in so many people. Though, though I have heard that the justification is that they are um, they are just catching up to the levels of immigration they would have had during COVID normally, but because they weren't available for that three year period, they've all come at the same time. That was the justification. But mm. but the thing is, seven hundred like the the number is literally one in thirty six people who live in Australia today weren't here twelve months ago. That is a huge amount of people to throw into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So, so for seven hundred sixty seven thousand people to pump a bill twenty one billion dollars into the economy is is not out What's of this world. What's the excess death rate? Uh, still sitting at about I think twenty percent at the moment, roughly. So what's that? One in what? I don't know. I'd have to do. I'd have to actually look and do the maths. But do you think that that's factoring into the equation? Look, it has to, right? If you have, so are we replacing dead people with immigrants? Is what I'm saying. Well, like you know, that gets back to the whole replacement policy conversation. But getting back to what you were saying before about the stage three tax cuts and um, their effect on inflation, I think that, like, realistically, because I was, I was talking to to our dad about this during the week, and if you wanted to solve inflation right well within the next 12 months you would do that net zero migration policy so you have no more new migrants coming in unless you've got people leaving the country for five to ten years and why five to ten years because we need to give the infrastructure long enough time to catch up to house all of these people right because the housing market is one of the largest expenses that any any of us have at the moment whether it's rent or a mortgage um, that expense which used to be roughly 25 to 30 percent of people's incomes is now more like 50 to 60 percent of people's incomes and that's not sustainable it's just not so migration's a big issue uh energy costs is another massive issue so if you really wanted to curb inflation you would be doing everything that you can to make energy as cheap as humanly possible right now you would be like yeah put some renewables into the grid totally happy to add more um supply into the grid but don't shut down all the coal-fired power plants. Look into nuclear. One of the big arguments you see against nuclear power is, oh, well, it's not going to solve the problem right now because it takes like 10 years to develop. And? Yeah. Start now. Like, we don't have yeah. a problem waiting until 2040 for our nuclear submarines. Like, yeah. that's yeah, not that's a problem, true. right? Yeah. Start now. I'm just thinking, why can't they reverse a couple of those submarines up to, and we can just plug out. Yeah, just plug it ship. in plug our phones into the submarine exactly they're nuclear yeah so so that's the thing like you there's so well the migration thing uh, the migration thing is interesting and i never thought of it like that but you're right if you the, but it moves one needle the wrong way which the government will never cop and that's why they won't do it which is gdp so your your gdp will go down if you do a if you stop bringing people in yep you need to have an increase in uh you'll get an increase in productivity and an in, uh, increase in gross domestic product yep. if you just add more people to the economy. And this is why I've got a problem with them reneging on the stage three tax cuts because you and I know it has got nothing to do with inflation. It's got everything to do with getting votes going into an election because the people who were going, who were standing to benefit from those stage three tax cuts, tax cuts was probably 5% of the population, realistically. Mm. So, oh, no, I think that's it was less. Okay, I think maybe the, they, less. they said the people north of one, what are they moving to, $190,000 a year? Yeah. Uh, was 1.7%, yeah. apparently, of the, yeah. So it's actually it's, funny. Okay, you, you, so this is a segue. This is a segue into one of the things. 
I was watching Fred Air TV last night. It was just, it was on in the background. And Border Patrol was on. Right. And it was Border Patrol in North America between Washington and in Canada. What's the, what, where does, do they link up? No. Anyway, it was, it was a Canadian border. Geography is your thing, bro. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious that they were like pulling people up because they had like a little little tiny leaf of weed in a thing and yeah. they're like oh that can't have that you know um and then i was like i wonder what the border patrol show would look like if it was filmed on the southern border of the usa as opposed to the northern border yeah. the infrastructure they had on the north side was insane mm. like it's every single car stop dogs going through it um, they've got all the records. Um, this girl tried to get through with a fake ID, like, and, and you know, she was arrested. Yeah. And I well, in fairness, I wouldn't want Justin Trudeau to come over the border either. But with the with the southern border, just be like a Benny Hill sketch. Yeah, it would be at the <laughs> moment. Have, have you been paying attention to what's happening with that this week? No. So this is getting a little bit interesting in the US as well, where. Over the last week, you've basically got the Texas Rangers. Uh, so Governor Greg Abbott has essentially ordered his uh, Texas Rangers to put razor wire up and actually start defending the border themselves mm-hmm. because they've had enough. The Biden administration has sent the National Guard down there to remove all of the razor wire. And the Texas Rangers have prevented the National Guard from entering oh, certain areas. Yeah, there, there's like standoffs now coming between the Texas, like, police and the You know Federals. Chuck Norris is a Texas Ranger, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. if he was still Walker, Texas Ranger, there would be no illegal immigrants. <laughs> yeah, they'll all be sidekicked All of the Texans would be moving south over the border. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's actually come to loggerheads. But and did I point, see something? Did I? Are there some other states that are trying to support Texas? Did I see some? Um, look, letters? I think I think there is. I think there are some like some red states that are in full support of what's happening. But just to throw the numbers out there, like um, I think up until this point, since Biden has been in office, there's been somewhere between eight and nine million illegal immigrants who have been allowed in over the border which is a, a huge record. I think the next closest was like three or four million under maybe Obama, I think. Now, the funny thing is that everyone thinks that like Trump's a racist and stuff, but I also heard recently that... Um, which president do you think deported the most people, the most illegal immigrants out of America? Ooh. Well, no, I would have said it's probably Obama because it was all Bush. It would have been during, like, after um, 9-11, I would have thought. Yeah, so you most people probably assume it was Bush. It was Barack Obama. Yeah. His nickname was the Deporter-in-Chief because he actually deported <laughs> right. he, record levels of immigrants into yeah, the country. and drone struck them. Yeah, yeah, loved a drone strike too. Had records for that as well. You know, it's probably not a coincidence that the first African-American president was the most athletic, got, got the highest <laughs> numbers. Um, but, uh, yeah, so now... The, between 8 and 9 million illegals have already come in. They're estimating at the current rates that are coming over, if nothing changes, that there'll be 11 million illegal immigrants that would have entered the US just during the last four years of Biden's right. presidency. And again, look at those numbers. America's population is 300 million people. Uh, 
I heard someone say as well that uh, the 11 million illegals is the ones that they've accounted for. There's people estimating that the number actually might be up to double that of the people that yeah. are unaccounted for. So let's say that, let's call it 20 million illegals have entered the country in the last four years because the Democratic president, Joe Biden, has said, you guys can come in. a free ride. Yeah. yeah. And all of the blue states are trying to basically change the rules to make all of these legals permanent residents and give them voting rights. So the game literally just appears. They all have voting rights because there's no ID necessary. That's so right. As long as you're a person, you're allowed to vote. Exactly. So it, it appears to be as transparent as that. It's yeah. And um, Matt Kim the, from the Matt Kim podcast, he actually had a really interesting point on it where... Because he, he ran through the numbers and he, he said those numbers that I just said. And then he also said that um, the majority of first-time immigrant voters vote Democrat. So the Democrats would be banking on that as well. So he and said... If genera- you- generations away, like, we got to get these immigrants out of our country. Well, you you joke, but that's a real thing. Oh, I, that that, I know that's happen. a real yeah, thing. Yeah. It's, it's the same as, that. Remember, remember during the election... And the Greens had their support base behind them all wearing the green shirts. And it was just like, it looked like Ireland. So it was so white. Yeah. And then it had the One Nation, who's like the anti-immigrant. Uh, Everyone thinks is the racists, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, it looked like a licorice all sorts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, anyway, he had a really interesting take on it where he was like, if you really want to solve this problem overnight... What we need to be doing, or what what the Republicans need to be doing, is selling the dream to these immigrants to vote Republican. If you can flip the votes, the Biden administration will close the border tomorrow. Right. So that, I thought, was a really interesting point on that, you know? because a tortilla with every ballot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, is, that is a thing. So it, it's interesting to see that, yeah, there's now loggerheads between... Texas and the federal government they're both throwing uh, the constitution at each other because the federal government does have it in its power to uh, take control of states uh, police forces right? but normally that is deemed for things like national emergencies and stuff like that Okay. whereas Greg Abbott has basically shot back and said uh, you are invalidating the constitution because you're allowing an illegal invasion into our nation. So it's, it's heating wow. up. It, so as far as stories from America go at the moment, that's one that's interesting to follow. It's Professor X versus Magneto. Used oh, to be friends. Know. Yeah, I was trying to think of an older character. <laughs> but Magneto's pretty old. But I just think that gives Biden too much credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Although maybe. he's like, it like he does that thing when he's got brain freeze rumble. <laughs> okay, lighter note, lighter yeah. note. Some great news has happened for our friends at Rumble. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first of all, I thought I'd show. There's our page on Rumble. All right, look and, at all that beautiful show art. The art is amazing. We have a great artist. His name's Jason that does all this art uh, every, every week and, and he does a great job. Now, we have to step to the woo a little bit because some new challenges have entered in the form of Barstool Sports. <laughs> has just joined with Rumble uh, 
they've had heaps of dramas with YouTube kicking them off for yep. making jokes. Uh, I dare say there was no announcement prior to this, but I know that Dave's been looking for uh, a place to park his stuff. They wanted to do like Elon wanted him on Twitter. I don't think Elon's going to offer the money. Um, I also don't really I don't like the Twitter interface yet. No, I, it's not. It's not good for content. It's not. It's not good for video content at the moment. Yeah. No. Uh, but here we go. Our our friends at at, at Barstool Sports says across the top we invented the internet. I would argue that they've definitely invented the like online content experience on the internet. I'd say they, that they have refined it. I don't think they refined is not the right word. Well, he's been doing it for 20 years now. Taking it to the next level. Yeah. Um, So it's awesome to see them over. It really validates the move that we made. We said that we needed some, like, some big guys, but you've got, like, Russell Brand, Tucker Carlson, and now Barstool Sports, which is an entire channel. So, And don't forget, UFC Power Slap is on there as well. You can watch Power Slap for free. Yeah. The CTE Olympics. Yeah. So I think that's great news for us. I think we've backed the right horse. Um, there was a lot of investment. I, I believe this pushed Rumble's share price up half a billion dollars. Mm. Yeah. Um, I actually think Dave might have even tipped some money into this into this deal. So there might be there might be equity it. or something involved in it for Dave. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Look, so, yeah, I, it's funny because, like you said, like thinking of the positive things. Um, I really do think the future looks bright at the moment. <laughs> Uh, as much as like think of some of the really some of the things that have negatively affected our culture over the last five years COVID was a massive one I obviously think that we're basically at the back end of COVID I think that enough people have woken up to the create your family members with COVID right now I do heavily vaccinated family members (laughs) (laughs) how is that possible hey it could have been worse couldn't be worse true true yeah Yeah, Um, they might have not got it (laughs) yeah like me yeah but um i think enough people have woken up to this game of create new virus create fear-based media campaigns sell vaccines i think there are enough people who have woken up to that now that that's kind of starting to fizzle out at least in australia i know that in the u.s it's ramping up even more and i'm sure they're going to try it again but i do think largely I see far less COVID-19 vaccine um, advertising online, on TV, especially government um, paid for advertising as well. I'm so seeing it. I'm you still are seeing, seeing it. it. Yeah, Brisbane's yeah, okay. a different world. The oh, Gold Coast yeah. is, the, is the freedom front. Yeah, Brisbane's yeah. gay. But <laughs> um, I think a lot of the like trans ideology stuff is starting to turn a little bit. Like I said, as soon as they started going after kids, I think that's just the natural end point for a lot of people's um, tolerance for a lot of these things. And I I would, we can have a bet on this if you want, I would hazard a guess that in five years' time, you'll barely even speak about trans pronouns, etc. Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah, I think there'll be a big swing, especially like when if Trump gets back in, when Trump gets back in, I think you're going to have a big swing. And look, it could be dangerous to swing hard right, too. Yeah, that's what I said that a few few shows ago. Yeah. I am concerned about that. Yeah. Um, because the thing is, like, when I say, like, you know, the trans thing's not going to become as much of a problem, 
I'm not concerned about individual people who believe that they are trans. Those people don't concern me. I want them to have a great life. I've got nothing against those people. What I, the problem I have with it is uh, permeating that ideology into schools and kindergartens to indoctrinate children into it to a point where they feel like it is so normal that when they get, you know, if even if just single digits, they think that they can get on puberty blockers and go down this medical pathway to hell. Like, that's yeah. the problem that I've got with it. Because at yeah. the end of the and day, it is just the think- pharmaceutical companies profiting off their own made mental illness. That's all this and comes down to be. you're not being hyperbolic because I've read the literal, the lead, the, like the policies on state school systems that support, like actively support those movements. So I that's know, not hyperbolic. That is for real. I know because I've had conversations with people in the business that kindergartens are supposed to have uh, trans paraphernalia visible in the classrooms now. Like, I I know that for a fact. So if it's not there, you can ask for it and it will be shown to you. But yeah, like that is, that is, and unfortunately this is the the fascism we're dealing with at the moment where our government has been co-opted by so many you know, pharmaceutical lobbyists and, and everything, that government policy is basically to sell pharmaceutical interventions now. So that is something that we are dealing with. Yeah, it's again, a marketing arm. It's a marketing arm for pharma. Uh, exactly. Pharma. Yeah, like we covered on the and show. And then ScoMo um, gets, gets a job for fucking weapons manufacturers in America. Yeah, and everyone was wondering why ScoMo didn't just straight up quit it's because he just wanted to take his paycheck for the next 180 days to see at his 180 day non-compete calls in his contract and then bang straight straight out working for the lobby group so you know but we we know that that that's the political game that's what all these pricks do and i i also heard that daniel andrews will be taking a uh consultancy position too yeah um consultancy probably because i don't think that he's very hireable to be frank um But we know all that stuff. But but getting back to the future looking bright, you know, two years ago is when... When did we move to Rumble? Was it mid-2021? Yeah, something like Middle, that. Mid to late 2021, I think we moved to Rumble. Yep. Because we were sick of being bullied by YouTube and we were sick of being threatened to have all of our content deleted uh, just for saying things that they didn't like. And the... Every... So... I'm not going to say that every single thing that we said on this show has proven to be correct, but what I will say is that every episode we had removed from YouTube for saying things that YouTube didn't like, those episodes proved to be correct. So, Yeah, yeah but you, I don't think you can put them back on now. No, you can't. You, well, like it's still struck. You've still got to strike. Yeah, those, those episodes are still struck. They've been deleted by YouTube themselves. You can't go yeah. back and... and um, you look, you might be able to re-upload them now because I do know that they've changed the terms and conditions around. But again, fuck YouTube. Like, But you still see, though. Like, it's crazy. You still see on John Campbell's videos. He talks about COVID every day. And it's just got, like, click here to see the real information about COVID. Yeah. And it sends you to, like, the Australian TGA website. And, and this is the fucking thing. corrupt lobbyists. So what we spoke about on the show last week with um, the Russian KGB defector, mm. Yuri Bezmanov, Yes, we've had... So, 
perhaps not necessarily our generation, but I, I do think it's probably largely our generation and below. Maybe people who are like between 20 years old and 39, that that generation was demoralized just as Yuri Bezmenov said they would be. But I'm seeing in the next generation coming through behind these guys, they're not going to be demoralized. They're not. They're, they're not falling for all the same things that we fell for. And I was thinking about it today. I was like, I can't wait until I have grandkids. Because so my, so my son, it's Australia Day, my older son turned four today. So let's say that he has kids at the same age that I did. That'll be in about, call it 30 years time. So that'll make me 65. And let's say that let's wait for those kids to maybe turn into teenagers. So about 15. So that'll make me 80, right? I can't wait to be 80 years old and have my teenage grandchildren come up to me and be like, Granddad, your generation was fucking retarded. What's all this stuff? Like, you... The government made viruses to kill you guys and then they made a vaccine to sell to you. You believed it? You got... What the fuck was this pronoun stuff? You guys were calling yourself cats? Or them person? Like, are you guys retards? And I'll be like, you know what? We were. My generation were a bunch of fucking retards. I reckon we need to leave it there. I think that's the best way to finish. <laughs> and, and on that note, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Happy Australia Day or Invasion Day, and we will see you next week. <laughs>